Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Playing Hooky Bowfishing Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Cody. Today, we're having a, a little bit of a different episode, um, and we're not phoning in a guest here right away. Um, I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago we were going to go over um, our experience with the U.S. Open Bowfishing Tournament, uh, and I've got the whole tournament team here with me in the studio, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, before we get into it, I'll, I'll let them all introduce themselves. All right. Well, I am Callista. I am Cody's wife, and I've been bowfishing with you for how long have we? I don't know, as long as we've been together. So, um, yeah, excited to recap our our trip and should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm Captain Jason, actually co-captain alongside uh, Cody. We uh, Cody had this crazy dream of starting a, a, a bowfishing charter here in Minnesota, and uh, I like to get my hands into just about everything that I can. And so I said, hey, how can I uh, be a part of that? And uh, Cody was uh, awesome enough to uh, allow me to, for the last couple of years, uh, co-captain alongside him and, and guide some people, get new people out on the water. And it's a passion we both share. And yeah, we've been friends for a long time and bowfishing co-captains for a couple of years now. And uh, it's, it's been a, a great ride so far. Uh, hi, I'm Krista. I'm married to Captain Jason. And I have been bowfishing for a few years. Yeah. Just about two, maybe two. I'm kind of just along for the ride and just really like hanging out with this crew of human beings. So it's always a good time and is definitely never a letdown. <laughs> and so that's the tournament team. That's, uh, that's uh, our, our U.S. Open crew. We, uh, this is our second year that we did it. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we all balance each other out pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, something like that, I guess. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we're just going to dive right into it. Um, and, uh, we're going to actually go back to 2021. So that was the, the first year that we decided that we were going to do a tournament and naturally you're going to start with one of the biggest tournaments in the nation as your first tournament. So last year, 2021, we went down to the open. That was the first time we had ever done a bow fishing tournament. And, you know, we learned a lot. Um, I, you know, I don't remember what place we got, but it was pretty low. So, you know, but uh, I don't know. Do we, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about how that went. We can just briefly go over it because um, it kind of ties into, uh, you know, how we made our plan for 2022 here. Yeah, I'll jump in because 2021 was our first open, but it wasn't the first year we planned to be in the open. Uh, in 2020, we invested <laughs> a bunch of time and energy into actually going down to Missouri to pre-fish this, you know, and scout the waters. And literally, we were we were on uh, one of the lakes. We were on Truman. And my wife, Krista, gets a hold of us and is like, oh my gosh, one of my friends just called, like, the National Guard is going to be coming in. They're freaking out about COVID. They were gonna, like, everything was going to lock down and shut down. And we're three states away. And, uh, and so we, we kind of got to scout, but not really, because it was just this really weird time. And then the Open didn't happen that year. They ended up canceling it. So all of that pent up like energy <laughs> went into 2021 and uh it was a very interesting uh very interesting year we uh, like i said i think the biggest thing is just getting out there and doing it and learning because for everything that we had planned it it went you know 180 degrees from oh, from what we'd planned so it's you know, getting that experience getting out there trying it seeing what you know probably the biggest if not one of the top couple biggest tournaments in the nation looks like so Definitely. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot that we had planned to be there in 2020 in 2020. That's uh, yeah, that was, that was something. It, and I, I don't know how many people noticed it, but if you went in 2021 and got the hats, the date actually said 2020. They just used their hats <laughs> left over, which is fine. You know, like, but yeah, yeah they're being resourceful. We're not going to be wasteful. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> Ladies, you have anything? Anything that you want to talk about with 2021? Do you even remember it? And how great it was? I just remember, yeah, just it was a a different experience doing tournament fishing. Um, similar, you know, to to how it is being at home and being out at night. And 
um, all that, but a different energy with, with the pressure of wanting to really do well. Um, but just uncharted territory of not knowing the waters and kind of being at the mercy of, um, you know, whatever happens and not being in our, our home territory. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't remember a ton of details other than kind of feeling like I was along for the ride in some good, good trips to Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all I want is Brussels sprouts now. Yeah. So. Please, Longhorn, please sponsor this if you're listening. Thanks. Yeah, I don't remember too much about it other than like I got in that day and had flown in because I was working the day before. And so I flew in and drove to you guys, and then it was literally like, get in the truck, we're going. And yes. it, it was insane, and I just I had no clue what I was personally walking into and then like what we were all walking into, and I was just overwhelmed by the amount of boats and trucks and people and bows, and I just thought it was just a really cool thing just to see and look out over all those boats and all lined up and ready to go, and the energy was just awesome. Yeah. And I, I now remember the stark contrast of the energy leaving and the energy coming back to weigh in. A <laughs> lot different. Yeah. When you have a, I'm sure anybody listening, if you've had a tough tournament night, you know exactly that feeling because that's, that's how, that's how it went. But you know, we, you know, we learned a lot. It was our, it was our first tournament and uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to, you know, get top 10 to have a good time. We st- I think we still all had a good oh, yeah. time going down there. And yeah, so, you know, 2021 goes by and uh, then we start talking about 2022. You know, the, the dates come out and the lakes come out and you see where you're going to go. And we started planning for 2022, you know, booked our booked our place down there. We were looking at maps and plan to go down there early and uh do some scouting for a few days and i think we only got one one day of scouting in didn't yeah, we? yeah that, it was right? an afternoon and then that night we went out just the two of us you and i cody yeah and you know why is that guys <laughs> why did we only end up with one night of the scouting <laughs> So we should probably warn people this would be the bulk of the podcast was our, our perilous journey down um but yeah is there uh i've i've told this story about 30 times so if anybody else wants to jump in and give a more brief recap feel free i think you've got it yeah it's, it was your vehicle you were driving don't put this on yeah. me <laughs> yeah um okay so i'll, I'll do my best uh we we took off, uh, you know, what was it, uh, Thursday morning, bright and early. Uh, we figured we could get down uh, to Missouri. You know, it was an 11-hour, 12-hour drive, depending on how many stops we made. Uh, so we were going to get down there, uh, you know, mid-afternoon, late afternoon, and then we were going to scout that evening. And we were staying on one of the bodies of water we wanted to fish, so that, or very, very near to it. So that was helpful. And... I mean, anybody that fishes this knows how big those bodies of water are. So we were in an area that we wanted to scout too. So we're way off the beaten path. We've, we had no idea how windy and twisty the road is going to be to get there. That's further down in the story, I think. But <laughs> anyway, we're, we're coming through Iowa. Uh, we made a quick detour to pick something up on the way. Not a big deal. Everything was good. And then uh, you know, we kind of noticed that, that something was weird with the truck and, and we have our, our, our Yukon was pulling our boat and uh, like Cody was driving and he said he like in retrospect noticed it, but didn't really say anything, which is fine. And you know, you know, no big deal. I, I wouldn't have said it either, but then I get in and I'm driving for, I don't know, hour, hour two maybe. And I'm like, man, something's weird. Like the truck's making a weird noise when it's not under load, you know, when we're decelerating down a hill, whatever. And I was, uh, I was trying to feel it out. I know a fair amount about vehicles and uh, nothing was really adding up. I thought maybe, well, you know, you joint or something might be going and we'll get it taken care of. Not a big deal. We can limp it through. Uh, but then we were uh, toward the end of this long, windy, hilly stretch of, I believe it was County Road 5 heading south. And all of a sudden I come around a corner and I straighten the, the truck out and like, it just kind of fishtails a little bit. I'm like, wow, that's not right. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. And so I look at the trailer, figured the trailer might be swinging, doing something weird. 
Um, and, and surprisingly it wasn't true. It was straight and true right behind that truck. And I thought, well, okay, we'll keep going. And, you know, trying to troubleshoot it as we're going, we do another curve. And like, I think at that point I told you guys, I was like, boy, that was weird. Yeah. And you're all like, should we be concerned? I was like, well, maybe not. We'll figure it out. And we were a couple of miles too, from the next stop we were going to make. So I was like, perfect gas station will be good. So we get there and I like at this time I'm pretty sure something's not right with the truck. It kind of got squirrely, coming out of corners, was still making that weird vibration when it wasn't under load. And and I went around and checked everything. I mean, I checked tie rods, I checked wheel hubs, I checked everything on that truck. And there everything looked good and tight, right? Like all six lug nuts were on each wheel, like everything was good. So we decided, well, I guess we'll keep going. We no sooner pull onto the freeway, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to test this just a little bit more before we get going 80 miles an hour. Or, or I'm sorry, 70, because that was the speed limit in Missouri. That's right. That's right. We follow the law. <laughs> so before we get going too fast, and I make a little, like, just kind of a sudden check into uh, into the right lane as we're merging onto the freeway, and the truck really gets squirrely then. I said, nope, that's it. We pull over to the side of the road. Said something's not right. I can't figure out what it is, but it's definitely not good. Uh, Krista looks over or speaks up from the back seat. She's like, "Hey, you should just go to the next exit. It's like a quarter mile up, so we're not on the side of the freeway." So you know that's a very smart idea. So we start going, and there's one of those like side marker posts in the ditch, and so I try to get around that. We're going about what twenty miles an hour, yeah, if that, yeah. yeah. And we go around that side of that marker post and I'm moving back over toward the shoulder. And as soon as I make that, that right hand move toward the shoulder, the whole back of the truck falls to the ground. And I like, I'm looking at the sky, like I'm taking off in an airplane, right? Like trying to just keep the truck from doing whatever it wants to do and get it to the side of the road. And we did. And I look in my side view mirror and I see on my side, like the wheel just completely out to the side. I don't know if you have uh, like show notes, Cody, like I can send you the picture. Well, you have the picture. Yeah. We'll definitely put the picture in the show notes because you can very visibly tell that something is very wrong with that truck. Yeah. (laughs) It was, uh, and immediately I'm like, Oh my gosh, a control arm broke the whole axle snapped. You know, I was going through everything in my mind without getting out and checking it out at that point. I was just pissed. Uh, Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a trip. So, uh, well, that was that interrupted our trip down. And then I don't know if we do. Is this the good point to launch into everything that started happening after that? Or we sure could, because yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, when it rains, it pours, and we it seems like we kind of got poured on, you know, a little bit. Well, I mean, that was that was thing number one, right? Like, that was the event that disrupted the whole weekend. Set the trajectory, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and I don't know that, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. I don't think too much else went wrong. Right. It was just that that created a whole list of other problems that we had to solve, right? And so right away from the backseat, uh, Krista and uh, Cody, I think, get on their phones and we're you know, trying to figure out, you know, where are we going to stay tonight? What are we going to yeah. do? Can we even, can we even get to where we're supposed to be? Can we get to our Airbnb for that night? And I'm on the phone with uh, roadside, you know, and calling them to get us a tow. Cause I don't even know where we're going, where we're at. Um, oh, by the way, it's not just a tow for a truck. I've got a boat behind me and uh, it, it was just one thing kind of after another, but then we're kind of halfway through trying to problem solve all this. And this Jeep pulls up behind us. And I, I think that was like, at the time I didn't say a word. No, you didn't. I no, was, speak. I was so angry. Yeah. I was not in the right yeah. place to speak. We were, we were giving you space. Yeah. 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 But, but what, what happened then? Like this, this Jeep pulls up and I saw him and then you guys dealt with that. So how did, how did that go? Yeah, I, I kind of had the majority of that. I was in the uh, front passenger seat. Um, so a, a woman had pulled up just to, to check on us. Um, and, you know, she I, I noticed her shirt uh, had a reference to bow fishing. And she said, yeah, I saw your boat and saw you guys are um, doing bow fishing. And that's why I stopped for you guys. Um, which so right away we're like, okay, well, this is pretty cool. Um, so she, I mean, honestly, she just, 
kind of stuck around. Um, she didn't really have a solution for us either, was trying to give suggestions, uh, friends she knew that could maybe come and help. Um, and at one point, I, I know she was trying to talk to you, Jason, and ask, you know, I'm like, he just needs to kind of figure his thing out. I'll try to be the middleman here and diffuse whatever's going on. Um, but it honestly helped in the long run that she had stayed Um, because at one point I think I was like you can I mean go back to your car I mean I don't I don't really think there's much you can do for us right now until we kind of have some more things figured out Um, and I'm thankful that she was persistent because uh, she had offered um, Krista and I um, to ride with her any couple of us whatever pairing worked out um, to drive us to either um, I don't know a hotel or whatever location made sense for us to get to um, and that's what we ended up doing. Um, the guys kind of, they stayed with the truck and they figured out uh, the towing situation. And um, Krista had uh, booked us a hotel because we weren't going to make it to the Airbnb. And um, this good Samaritan had driven Krista and I to the hotel with her own kids in the back seat. Um, I remember her saying, like, I know it's like, you guys might not trust me, so I get it. And I'm like, you have kids in your back seat. Like, you. How do we know that you could trust us? So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty it was that, cool. It was that common tie of bow fishing that, that uh, you know, I, I'm sure made her want, well, yeah, made her want to stop. And then, you know, everybody just kind of trusted each other because, you know, bow, bow fishers are bow fishers, you yeah. know. And yeah, can we just, like, do a shout-out, though, to hi, Linda. Yeah. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. We if you're you. listening, we love you and we're you so thankful. Us. Linda from you. Missouri Linda is from our Missouri. favorite Missourian for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it it was taking us so long because, you know, it's like 7 o'clock at night and so everything's closed and our Airbnb is still like an hour away and the dealership's in Springfield, which is the opposite way of where we were going. And so that's why we were sitting there for so long trying to figure out what to do because there's just so many different variables that we had to, you know, try and figure out. But yeah, like like you were saying, I mean, Linda just patiently waited and just knew we were going to need help and and she helped us so yeah definitely a huge fan of linda so i know uh, i know her husband listens to the podcast so hey if you're listening to this give your wife an extra hug tonight because she's great (laughs) i I do remember on that note she mentioned like i I heard the words from her i wouldn't have stopped if you didn't have a bow fishing boat yeah yep and i was like all right, so yeah, hey, if you're a bow fisher, you know, loud and proud. Get your boat wrapped like with scales and everything. <laughs> Have your bows displayed. Like, make sure that uh, the bow fishing community knows that you're there. And I don't know. I ride motorcycle too. And just today, I was out, and you know, everybody like waves to each other, holds up, you know, a peace sign or whatever. And I feel like the bow fishing community should do that. Like, you see somebody going down the highway, you should just like hang your arm out the window with like deuces up in the air. You know, like heck yeah, brother, bow fishers. Yeah, it's just, it's really cool, you know, just the the community that has kind of formed around bow fishing. Um, I mean, just exactly what we're talking about here. I mean, Linda's like the poster child right now. I mean, you know, just we, we help each other and we're all kind of doing the same thing. We got the same goal in mind and, and uh, you know, I, I know there's some random bad bloods in the bow fishing community and it's like doesn't even seem worth it to me because it's we're all doing the same thing you know it's all it's all awesome so um but yeah for the most part um the bow fishing community is just you know i think linda is a great example of what the bow fishing community is and you know we're always down to help each other and and stuff like that you know i posted a picture on my story of the vehicle uh in shambles and uh, I had people from the bow fishing community that were down there in the, for the open asking if we needed anything. And, and uh, yeah, just super cool. You know, it wasn't cool that that happened to us, but it was cool to see um, the bow fishing community just kind of like be super ready to help out. So definitely, definitely love that. Yeah, well, I guess we can probably fast forward to open night. This part isn't going to take very long because we're nothing special, you know, but... Uh, yeah, why don't, why don't you guys talk a little bit about how our our tournament night went after. So to set it up here, you know, we lost the night of scouting. So we 
We scouted on Friday during the day a little bit and then Friday night a little bit. And that was all the scouting we did. And then it was tournament night. So what happened? What did we do? I feel like we'd be remiss to not tell the abbreviated version of how we actually got to still fish the open with a truck that was busted. That's true. So we, our only shot I thought was to get the vehicle towed to a dealership because they would have the most ready access to parts. So uh, shout out to Thompson down there in uh, Springfield, Thompson Buick podcast, Thompson Cadillac GMC uh, and, and, and Randy, man, Randy, our service advisor crushed it for us. Uh, Second favorite Missourian right there. Second favorite Missourian. Absolutely. So we got the truck in there and then it was, well, how do we tow this boat around? If we're still going to have a shot at this, we got to be able to tow the boat, right? We, you know, it's specifically in the rules. All your team has to stay in the boat the whole night when you're fishing. So, uh, so the, uh, the enterprise rent a car at the Springfield airport, uh, was, they had some trucks available and, uh, we went and picked one of those up. And the whole way up, I just remember like Cody was riding with me and I was like, dude, pray that this thing has a hitch on it because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to be drilling a hole in the bumper and they're going to charge me for that. <laughs> but uh, no, I had a, had a receiver hitch on it. We put that in, got the boat um, from, the, uh, from the dealership where everything was towed to and, and got that taken care of. Uh, so, so we had a truck. The boat was still in perfect shape, and we just had to figure out getting that truck fixed, the the uh, the Yukon. And Randy called the next that next morning. Was like, "We're on it," you know. He was like, "Just pray that we can get all the parts." And you know, fast forward to Monday morning, they had it all done, and we picked it up and drove home, which is a miracle in and of itself. But. Um, yeah, so uh, so Enterprise at the airport, uh, Randy at Thompson Buick GMC. Tow truck driver. Uh, yeah, tow truck driver. Tow, tow, tow truck guy. Uh, I, I can't remember his name specifically. but yeah, I mean, He's he, our third favorite Missouri. He thought I was crazy at one point because um, I was just beyond caring about anything. Yeah, it was, it was a rough day for Jason. And yeah, yeah and people saw that. People saw what but a rough had we day for not- Jason have had that happen we wouldn't have gotten longhorn that's true and that's another because we got longhorn that night yes yes and that's another sponsor we're fishing for here longhorn if you're listening to this please sponsor our podcast um yeah uh the longhorn steakhouse dinner that we have we don't have longhorns in minnesota and so this is something that we look forward to every year when we go down to missouri and I tell you what, it does it, not disappoint. It does not, especially after your wheel comes off of your vehicle and you're spending time riding in tow trucks and finding all this extra places to stay and stuff. Yeah, it, and you're just, it really hit that yeah, night. Happy to be alive. Yeah, that's I was, true. I was just <laughs> going to say that to shift back into tournament night, I think no matter the preparedness we had or th- thought we had going into things, I think the our mantra all weekend just we would look at each other and be like, "We're alive!" Like that <laughs> that could have ended a lot worse. Um, so it was just it. I think it brought a a good perspective for um, what we were doing there, and you know, regardless of how we did, we were just excited to be together and get out on the water together and um, get another year under our belts of this tournament. So. Which I mean, perspective-wise, right, is something we all share, you know, being believers in, you know, having done ministry together, too, outside of bow fishing, like, just a huge thing, you know, like, stuff's not such a big deal, right? No. Like, like you said, we're alive. If we would have lost that wheel, you know, five miles sooner on, I think it was County Road 5, we could have been a thousand feet down in a ditch or, you know, not a ditch, a cliff, um, or stopped in the middle of the road with no shoulder for vehicles to go around us on and probably been pasted by a dump truck or something, or we'd have been up the hill into a bunch of trees and like, it would not have ended well. So, uh, really cool, you know, perspective to share that in the grand scheme of things, it's, we have another day to live. We're, we're alive and, and this is, uh, it's a great opportunity to be a part of. So definitely. So we go through all this stuff and we get not even a day of scouting in and we're alive though so we're pumped and it's tournament night we blast off and we get to our lake how did how did it go guys how did the tournament night go 
I mean, I feel like we're doing a lot of rewinding, but the blast off was something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I want to talk about the blast off. Are you upset about it? I'm very upset. Whoa. So we'll we'll hit that. We'll we'll hit it on the way out. We'll hit it. So there's some things. Yeah, there's some other things. They're, they'll be fine. But yeah, we'll get back to that. But like starting off, I think that we everybody did a great job of like we got to well, the second place we really wanted to get to. Was it the second or the first place? So the first place had a lot of cars. Or had a lot of trucks, had a lot of boats. So we opted out and went to the second one. Yeah, we had two spots that were, the la- the launches were pretty close to each other. And we had determined, you know, depending on the vehicle situation at the launch, you know, the, the one spot was we would pass first on the road. And if there wasn't a lot of vehicles there, we'd go there because it's the first spot on the road. And if there was, we'd go to the second spot. Well, by the time we drove by the first spot, there was, I don't know, a dozen guys there maybe. Yeah, there's several on the least. Yeah, so definitely weren't, wasn't going to go there. So we kept going down the road, got to our second spot. There wasn't a dozen teams at the, the second spot, but there were a few um, but it uh, definitely felt better than the, the first spot. So, yeah, we blasted off there, got to our spot. We, I mean, we booked it from the landing. Like, I mean, you, we fished this last year together, but um, I did a lot of bass fishing before this, and it's like, you know, spot can be premium, right? And so if even if you're on the lake two minutes after somebody else, if you're going six miles, and you can get past that person because your motor's bigger because you can go faster. <laughs> that makes a difference. And so uh, there was actually that other team was from Minnesota, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, I think was uh, it torn up? I don't know. I can't remember which one. Hey, if you're from Minnesota and a big 2072 passed you, playing hooky wrapped on the side, that was us. We passed you. And and I, I don't want to say like haha because that's not what it's about. But I mean, it's a competition, right? You don't enter a competition to intentionally lose. And so, I mean, you know, the equipment, like we were just able to go faster. And I remember, I remember, uh, kind of, I think maybe all three of you at one point or another gave me a look, like, are you really doing this? And I'm like, this. This body of water is like seven thousand feet wide. Of course, I'm going around twenty five k on the line yeah, too. Right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, everybody's kind of like, okay. And I'm like, throttle out, man. Here we go. And uh, yeah, we ended up passing. And of course, there was two other boats on the spot that we were sh- shooting for anyway. But so it didn't matter that much. Yeah, but, but we were third in instead of that's fourth right. or fifth. That's right. Yeah, and we shot some fish in there too because of that. So we did. Yeah, we picked up a few fish out of there. Um, yeah, I feel like tournaments are there's they're so exciting. It's a different different feel than just going out with your friends or your buddies or booking a trip through somebody and going out for four hours without that pressure. You know, it's like every minute matters, every second matters, every fish matters. And I, uh, speaking of, I hit one fish or I hit three fish. We got one in the boat all night. It was ridiculous. So how how did the rest of tournament night go? <laughs> We're going to save Callista for last because hers is the best. It is the best. I think it went really well. I mean, we saw a lot of fish, and mm-hmm. that was really always really exciting. I, personally, this year, did not shoot one fish. You did. It just, we didn't get it in the boat. True. Okay, I shot one, didn't get it in the boat, which was super frustrating. Um, but I, it was, it's always just a really good time no matter what, so I don't, I don't know. It was fun to see all those different kind of fish. I liked, and I liked the waters that we were in. Yeah. And so I don't know. It just made it good. Well, yeah, you compare it to last year and last yeah. year we were, I don't know if the whole reservoir is like where we were, but it was very muddy where we were. We could hardly see. We shot fish last year, but it was hard to see. So honestly, yeah, just like what you said, it was nice just to be able to see the fish that we were shooting at. And I also want to say, you know, you guys carried the team last year. So we also have to let everybody know, like we don't just drag you guys along for fun. Like you guys were good. Like you guys both shot a lot of fish and Krista, you shot the biggest fish of our team's tournament last last year, year. last year. I mean, that accounted for like a quarter of our weight, that one fish. So just, I just need everybody to know that it's not just Calissa and I that. that can hit stuff. Yeah. Except for this year. Well, yeah, this year was a little different, and then it was pretty much just close to hitting stuff. But, it, you know, we evened it out because, you know, last year 
we didn't do great, Calista and I. No. We were not shooting great. So, you know, as long as as long as two of the four people on your team are doing fine, that's probably enough. But Calista, I want to hear from you. <laughs> I want to hear about your tournament night because you have the best tournament night of all of us. Yeah. Let's I don't, hear it. I don't know if best is the right word, but um, I like to think that the reason that I was able to shoot so many fish is that, I don't know, God was like... I'm going to just, I'm going to give you a little leg up before what's about to, what's about to transpire. (laughs) Um, yeah, so we, we were at our first spot. Um, I don't know how long we stayed there, a few hours. Um, and once things kind of fizzled out, we decided to, to switch up where we were going. Um, and going into the trip, I had already had, um, kind of like a sinus thing going on. So I wasn't feeling great. Um, I'm all, I was also 20 weeks pregnant at the time. Um, and you know, I didn't think in, in hindsight, we've now learned that I don't get to do, um, overnight tournaments while I'm pregnant, um, for reasons we will learn. Um, but pair that with, uh, the very, very windy hilly road that led to our Airbnb. Um, and the fact that I also get very car sick, even when I'm not pregnant and already sick, um, there was just some factors that were, uh, I think not set up to serve me super well. Um, and then you combine that with the, you know, the, anyone who's been out bow fishing, the adrenaline ups and downs of, um, getting into fish. And then if you've got kind of lulls in the night, um, seeing fish again and you know, the temps are dropping, there's just a lot. I think that your body's going through mentally and physically on a tournament night. Um, and we were switching bodies of water and, um, I, you know, I, I was in the front seat. I had, uh, my, my C bands on, um, if, if we need some more sponsors, maybe we could (laughs) do a plug for C bands. Um, unfortunately they did not help as much as I needed them to. Um, we, we had pulled over, uh, I had to get out of the the car and throw up on the side of the road. And at that point I was, you know, kind of like, all right, I just, I don't want to be in this vehicle around 1am. So we needed to fuel up too. So, uh, Jason had the idea to just drop, drop me off at the landing we were going to be at, um, so I could get out of the truck and they'd go fill up, come back, meet us. Um, and quite literally puked and rallied. Um, so we kept, uh, doing our thing and we're getting into some fish. Um, and I think about 3am rolls around and I am just, I'm going downhill. I'm starting to get kind of the, the body chills, the shock kind of feeling. And I looked at Kristen, I was like, uh, uh-uh. like, I don't, I don't like to quit. I don't like to look like the wimp that needs, I don't know, special treatment, but I was like, I'm not doing okay. <laughs> yeah. You were pale as a ghost and visibly shaking. Yep. So yeah, at that point I, I looked at Cody and was like, I need to go, I need to go lay in the truck. Um, and I think that something, was it the generator? I don't know. We needed to take a break anyway. We, we, were running low on trolling motor battery. And so we, we decided we can bring you guys back to the truck. We'll just move spots. And while we're moving, we'll plug the trolling motor in to get it some juice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did all that. Um, the boys, uh, checked out another spot and, um, Krista stayed with me in the truck and we just kind of rested a little bit and, um, they came back and from there we, right, we stopped, I think. And, I, I remember there was a point when we were at the gas station, you were, I think Jason, you were still inside both of you maybe. And I looked at Cody outside the door, like, I can't get back in this truck. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Um, and we headed to weigh in from there. I believe. Yeah, that was, the sun was already coming up yeah. at that point. And I realized some of the stuff we've just said probably disqualifies us from winning anything. So thankfully we didn't. Because we had team members in a boat and we weren't all present and all that. Yeah. But Bass Pro is totally welcome to take away our prize money from this year. We'll donate it back. Um, and, and now everybody's going to be watching for us next year. So the joke's on you because you're going to be following us to terrible spots. To We're not good at tournaments yet, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the sun was coming up at that point And yeah. you were, I didn't, I, I didn't see you at the point where, you know, you were like, I need to go back. I'm going to die. 
Um, but doing so is a, a smart call. And all I have to say for that is like, take care of yourselves. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a tournament. It's a big deal. You drove, you know, for us halfway across the country or down south of the country, I realized people came from further than we did for sure. But yeah, it's, there's no, really nothing worth it. You know, like it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, we, we're going to, we'll talk about the blast order, you know, a little bit later on, but you know, we, we didn't get our blast order or Bass Pro didn't get our blast order in, in, in line. And, you know, we were supposed to take off probably 15 minutes sooner than we actually rolled out of that parking lot and whatever it, you know, it is what it is and you can't do anything to change it. So, you know, do, do the best with what you got. And in your case, you know, in, in hindsight, yeah, don't shoot a tournament when you're 20 weeks pregnant. <laughs> okay, but like this woman is the biggest rock star I've ever seen all night long going like that because I don't, I wouldn't even like attempted it. Oh yeah, totally. Like crushed it just showing up, just deciding just, like I'm going. Yeah, it wasn't like you found out you were pregnant the day before we left. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still wanted. I very much still wanted to to be a part of it. Um. Yeah. And it's, I don't, yeah, I don't regret it at all. It's, it's made for a great story, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a night. Um, and then we made it back to weigh in, um, got sick there. Um, so if you saw a a woman on the side of the (laughs) side where some of the trucks were parked, tossing our cookies, that was me. Um, we stayed, you know, for the awards and everything. I sat in the front seat with the air blasting, just praying for a miracle to feel better. Um, cause I, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking we still have the whole drive back to the Airbnb, Airbnb on the worst road I have ever experienced in my life, which, um, also got sick again on that drive back. And again, when we got back to the Airbnb, um, so it was, yeah, it was a little bit of a rough, a rough go, but I made it out alive. I see a lot of people with clickers to count how many fish they shoot and we're thinking about getting one to count how many times Callista pukes when we're out on On that note I think that's something we also learned from this year is uh I think we got kind of into just a I don't know a groove of getting into fish that we weren't really keeping track of a specific number and I think it would have served us better to be a little more mindful of that because we got a little more lax about like oh yeah I think we're good and then realized that we were a a little short I don't know we didn't we didn't pay a ton of attention to that and from my perspective yeah the the only thing I'd add to that or uh yeah it it would have been smart too yeah people keep the counter clickers uh but but I remember consciously we kind of said like obviously on a tournament night you're going to shoot a thousand fish if you can shoot a thousand you're going to call your big 20 or whatever tournament you're in big 10 um, and, and so that was our intent, right? We can shoot more than we need, but I think we got to the point where we were like, we've got, you know, we've got a, a decent bucket of fish and what the, the change was, or the reason we decided to move off of that was because we weren't seeing bigger fish. You know, it wasn't like there was one big one strewn about 20 little ones. It was just all the exact same sized fish. So that's probably why we made the call to move when we were still seeing fish, but they just weren't really going to increase our bag in retrospect two more would have filled our bag we shot 18 right it was what we weighed in so yeah we fell short in that but at the same time would those two have made much of a difference for us probably not we made the call to save the time we had for hopefully bigger fish and that didn't play out so the pro teams keep track of how many they have we're not a pro team so almost yeah 85th to first (laughs) Right? It's going to happen. Meteoric rise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Calissa threw up four times on tournament night, and that's why she has the best story of all of us. Right? Oh, well, yeah. How fun. So fun. So fun. 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah, so that was pretty much it, honestly. I mean, our for our, for our open night. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, honestly, the only thing I like talking about is you throwing up four times yeah the puking rally is like my favorite thing to tell people but um yeah you know um i don't know guys what are we what are we thinking next year we doing it again we you know 
we're not doing it again? This is what we're all staring at each other. Like, who's going to answer first? Yeah. I thought we decided we're not doing Missouri again. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes. When we were there, we were like, yeah, we could probably, we don't have to come back down here. But then when Calissa and I were driving home, we were like, okay, I actually kind of want to go back down there. I, I, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where those bodies of water are so huge, right? And Bass Pro kept it the same. Whereas in the past, they've kind of, you know, juggled it around the U.S. Um, So from 2021 to 2022, same bodies of water, which I feel like, you know, we the the only issue is we didn't see fish in a lot of different parts of those bodies of water. You know, granted, we don't live down there. We didn't get to scout it more than, you know, the handful of hours out of the day that we had. So that, that could make a difference, but I, f- I feel like you eventually, you keep doing it the same spot. There's going to be the hot spot here, the hot spot there. And those two teams that showed up there the first time, well, you know, the three teams that didn't get to go to that spot first saw that they were shooting fish there. And so now next year there's five or six teams piled up there first thing. And, and, and that's, that's neither good nor bad. It's just, it is what it is. It's, you know, the name of the game, but um, it, it would be great to see, you know, some rotating bodies of water, some different bodies of water. Um, and, uh, I, I'm not going to say that I will or won't do it, shoot it next year, but, um, still recovering. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Still recovering. There, there's so much that goes into it, right? Like how is the tournament ran? And, and, you know, uh, we, we do a lot of ice fishing up here, right? In Minnesota, that's, that's what we do all winters, ice fish. And there's a lot of uh, ice fishing tournaments around here. Uh, you know, unlike bow fishing, you know, a, a national tournament, I'll say, um, where you need a boat, you need a truck, you need to be able, you need this equipment. Um, ice fishing, anybody that can go buy a $30 rod can go ice fish. And so these big ice fishing tournaments, like it's really cool to see them, you know, acknowledge that not everybody's a pro angler. And so I remember, there's a big one up on, I believe it's Forest Lake. I did this years ago. I don't know if it still exists, but um, they, they pay out, you know, first through fifth place or whatever. And then 50th place gets an ATV, like a brand new Polaris Sportsman or something. And 100th place gets a brand new truck or a boat or, you know, like huge prizes. So they're really acknowledging that, hey, we just want people to come do the sport. We want Mm -hmm. this to be a proponent of the sport and not necessarily just the people that are good at the sport or that can afford the equipment for the sport. So, I mean, I say that from a position of us being remarkably blessed having, you know, we each have our own boats, Cody, and, uh, you know, vehicles to tow them with, and, and we have the time and the opportunity to get out and you know, guiding, we get to provide other people with equipment and it's a really cool opportunity, but not everybody has that. And I feel like it'd be really cool to see a team from, you know, wherever Podunk, Virginia, you know, that shows up in a 14 footer with a five horse, you know, tiller on the back, like watch them pull away with a $40,000 boat or something because they took hundredth place. Like that'd be really cool. But anyway, yeah, and, and uh, the AMS tournament, the bow fishing tournament, has something similar to what you're talking about here with the ice fishing tournament that you're talking about, and they have uh, um, all kinds of different random prizes. And I know I've never bow fished it before, but uh, I know they do an average Joe's award, and the the very middle place, I believe it is, they get a they get a guided trip out to go shoot rays out on the east coast. Um, and so, yeah, just. It'd be cool if the Open did something like that. Yeah, we're not obviously not telling Bass Pro how to run their their stuff, but I, I think when you're talking about promoting a sport, that's one of the best ways to do it. Is you know get people excited about it by giving them you know the chance at something. And you know I don't think there's any teams that showed up to the uh, 220 whatever boats that showed up. I don't think any of them showed up with the intention of we're just going down to waste our money and time. Um, but, but they showed up and it, you know, it, you know, equipment sometimes makes a difference and, and it can make a difference between 10th place and the hundredth place. But if you're, if you're allowing people to, you know, to get excited about taking hundredth place, 
Well, that's cool. Cause I know our first year down there, like, I don't know about you, but I did not have my sights set on place number one. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm one of, the, I'm probably the most competitive person out of the four of us. And I looked at it from a realistic standpoint and said, I, you know, more than likely we're not going to be hoisting the belt buckles at the end of this one. Right. But looking at the prize list and going, huh, well, I can take 50th place or I have a shot at smallest carp. <laughs> like yeah. that's a pretty cool deal. And, and being able to get something being acknowledged for that is, I think it would, would attract more people, but definitely. Yeah. So yeah, not Bass Pro, you know, you guys can do whatever you want. It's your tournament, but that's just, it's what we think, you know? So, and you know, they did send out a survey and they asked questions like this and, and I told them, I sent the answers in. So, you know, we'll see. So it sounds like they, they know about the, uh, the order getting mixed up too for blast off. And they, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people have suggested to them doing the cone thing where each cone has its own parking number for whatever number you are for blast off. So there's no confusion. Um, so hopefully we see something like that next year. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, our, our blast off order got mixed up this year, but well, and you know, we, everybody was kind of mixed up it, the, yeah. the lower lot, or I guess, I don't know what they call it. The closer lot, like they seem to have it in order and, and trucks were pulling out of there and filing out of there. And I remember we were what? 108 or one. Yeah. Something like that. It, we were just over a hundred and I remember watching and counting like, okay, that was 10 trucks. Like that was another 10. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're coming up. And then all of a sudden, like they just keep going and going. And I was like, what is happening here? And then I realized like, I've seen at least 120 trucks go by, no question. And so I just start pulling out and cause that's who I am. And uh, you know, I'm not ask, ask for forgiveness, not permission. And so we're pulling out. Right. And the, I remember the guy came up to our window and he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You know, the guy that was trying to help shuffle everybody out. And I was like, we're trying to go out in our order. He's like, what number were you? And I he told him, you know, we were 102 or 106 or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, go. And he just like pointed. And I remember there was a truck next to us, you know, in the line or the, the row of cars parked next to us. And he was like raising his arms like, what the heck? And I feel like that was a frustration for a lot of people and they i've seen a lot of discussion about it uh people have actually referenced the ams tournament which is in wisconsin right yep um, they've referenced that they said all they do is go and paint and spray paint a number on the ground and that's if that's your lineup spot that's where you go and it just avoids confusion and you know not that bass pro is uh unaware of what went on but that for a bigger tournament that was that was tough to watch because we weren't the only ones that were frustrated with that so yep well yeah and we we knew one of the teams down there was in the 130s and uh, you know went down and talked to him i knew exactly what their car and boat looked like and i watched him drive out of the lot before we did you know so but yeah, like I said, you know, they sent out the survey and uh, it sounds like they are well aware of the issue and hopefully we'll see some changes next year because also hopefully we'll be there next year. But I think we have to have some conversations about that. Um, I would say in terms of promoting the sport, um, Bass Pro sending out that survey, I think that's a good step toward, you know, making some of those changes because... That's what we're all in this for. And anyway, you know, promotion of the sport is huge and Bass Pro putting this on, um, you know, I don't think they're making money doing it. I guess I don't know that for sure, but they're, you know, they're putting it on to promote the sport. And so um, we're, we're talking about the community and, you know, somebody at a company like that, that, you know, bow fishing probably wasn't on their radar before, you know, somebody along the way was like, Hey, by the way, this is a pretty cool thing that a lot of people are into. And, you know, they're a big corporation, a lot of, a lot of wheels turning and it's very hard to steer the ship, but eventually now we've got this nationwide tournament. So that's a really cool thing. Just kind of the community coming together, raise awareness for the sport. And one of the things that I can't see is the negative press that the sport gets, right? Like let's, let's be positive, you know, like Linda pulling over on the side of the road. Yeah, like, that's right. you know, we're in this together. You're a bow fisher. I'm a bow fisher. And that's all, that's the only common thread we need. Um, but likewise, I see like, it's fairly common here in Minnesota. We see these posts, you know, every couple weeks, somebody leaves a pile of fish on the river bank or, you know, at the landing. 
and doesn't clean up after it. And it's like, man, we have that common thread. And because we do, you understand why I would absolutely pound you if I saw you doing that. Because <laughs> Because we we have we have common interests in keeping the sport going, but realize that you can ruin that for everybody too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the people that aren't in the bow fishing community who don't know anything about the sport, they know that we all have like a common interest and a common thread. And so, if they see a pile of fish at a landing or in a ditch or in a you know wherever. They're just going to assume that's all of us doing that. And then they're going to attack bow fishing. And so, yeah, if you guys, if you're listening to this and you're dumping fish, shame on you. Stop that right now. Uh, If you know someone who's dumping fish, why don't you just tell them, tell them, tell them not to dump their fish. There's plenty of farmers that would love them for their pigs or for fertilizer. I mean, I know guys who have brought them to raptor centers for eagles and hawks and stuff. I mean... Check with zoos, check with your neighbor. I have a neighbor who has taken, I don't know, like four 55-gallon buckets full of fish this year for his garden, you know? So just ask around, do a little bit of homework to figure it out, and don't dump them uh, at the landing. Please don't ruin our sport. On the on the subject, too, of the bow fishing community, I think Chris and I at one point were chatting by the truck just about, you know, you look around at tournaments and it's predominantly males, Um, and so I, I think it's, it's been fun to be like part of a tournament, um, and to, you know, represent women and (laughs) get out there. Um, but I mean, Cody, even with, uh, trips you've booked, you've booked a lot of, um, female clients. And, um, I think it's just one of those things that isn't super, it just seems like, oh yeah, it's just kind of the guy's thing to do, but I don't know if any women listen to this, but you can do it too. Yeah. And it's a blast. Um, so get out there and try it. Yeah. And you can do it pregnant too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It, it's not as recommended. <laughs> Definitely not as recommended. Check with your doctor. <laughs> no. And I, I think there's definitely something to say about it. Like, and I know just from being in it only for like the least amount of time here in our group, um, I was really intimidated by it at first and just thinking like, well, I can't pull back a bow or it's going to be too hard or I'm not really that into fishing or, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that went through my mind and like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I didn't want to do it. But once you get out there and do it, you're like, oh, this is really fun. And I do love being there at the tournaments and being representing the women there as well, because I think it's, it's just powerful. And I don't know, it makes me feel like my daughters could step into that too. All of our daughters. I mean, there's, there's three girls just sitting here. Like we have three girls between the two of us couples and um, I'd love for them to see them in this sport as well. Definitely. And that's kind of a little teaser for an episode that we have coming up. We're going to do a women in bow fishing episode. And so if that piqued your interest, stick around. All right. Well, guys, I think we can close it out, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Guys and gals in the bow fishing community, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope it wasn't too much of a train wreck, but you know, we wanted to tell our story because parts of it are pretty funny. And uh, yeah, we love the bow fishing community. We love doing tournaments. And yeah, so we're signing off. Peace out. Thanks. We're happy to be alive. We are happy to be alive. Go Linda. Go Linda. Linda, if you're listening, we love you. All right, signing off. Bye, guys.